Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe, the podcast. My name is Amanda Cunningham, and I am the host and creator of Bare Minimum Babe. And if you haven't listened to it before, or just a reminder, this is basically an anti-hustle, chill the F out podcast, essentially, uh, and movement, and always prompting the question, what if this was easy? Whatever this thing is that you're talking about, so maybe starting a new workout plan, redoing your website, making a call to your friend that you have to have a uncomfortable conversation with, feeling like you're always behind, looking at people's vacation photos online or opportunities to get at work or maybe launching a podcast. <clears throat> always trying to say, ask yourself instead of overcomplicating this and thinking of all the million ways it could go either good or bad or things that you have to research, just kind of asking like, what if this was easy? What is an easier way to do this? I'm not lazy, but just, is there an easier way to do this? Do I have to work this hard? You know? Um, So that is the main idea of the show. And in part with that, in today's episode, I'm going to come up with, I'm not come up with, what I am going to be talking about is basically something that I struggle with a lot. And I'm sure other people do too, especially in, I don't think, I think it's just everybody. I was going to say, especially creatives, but I think it's literally just everybody. I think creatives get like more stuck on this because it's creative. So they think they have to be creatively original, but I think it applies to like literally everybody, whether you're giving like a presentation or literally whatever. Um, so today's episode, it's about how you're not original and that's okay. And in the working episode title, which I'm, I think I'm going to keep, I don't know why I wouldn't keep it, but I titled it, you're not original and that's okay. It's hip to be square. And I thought it was funny because it's Huey Lewis in the news. And I always have imagery of, uh, the movie American psycho with Christian, uh, Bale basically being a psychopath. And he plays that as it's anyways, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If not, it's worth a watch. Definitely not kid appropriate. So don't have your kid in the room. If you're over the age of 18, maybe I guess 17, I guess it's like R. So 17. I don't know. Anyways. So that is the theme of today's episode. Um, and before I get started, I just wanted to say, as always, if you have any questions, thoughts, feels, please email me at bareminimumbabe at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram. And that's also bareminimumbabe. Wasn't taken. Got it. So that was pretty much it for that. And then we're going to get into the episode. Okay. Everyone, I have this too. This I feel like it starts literally, I don't know what age you start thinking about it. I know I thought about it as a kid teenager, let's say, is I want to be original. I don't want to be like anyone else. And I'm special. Um, and you think you're special because you think that and obviously you think what's in your head. This is sounding really meta, but you never think about other people or like, what are they thinking typically? Right. So I'm pretty sure pretty much everyone has that thought. Nobody really walks around thinking, I want to be just like the masses. I wish I could be like everybody else. I mean, there's definitely a portion. Like I've talked to people and I'm like, what? Really? Okay. And especially as like a pre-teeny, right? When you're trying to fit in, that definitely applies. But you still want to be special within that group. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to fit into that group but you still think that you're special from everybody else outside of that group. And then you as an individual, you think you're special and like no one's ever been like you, whatever, right? So what I'm talking about is how everyone wants to be special. But literally nobody is original, not even, I'm just going to throw this out there, Beyonce, she's kind of a Frankenstein of all her influences with her own spin, for example. And that goes for literally anybody, essentially. I just picked Beyonce because I assume everyone knows Beyonce, but this could also go for literally any artist in the world or any individual period, like they're an influence. They're, um, a Frank, I'm saying Frankenstein, cause it's just kind of like a piecing together of things and gluing and stitching it together and putting their own spin on it. 
and that's that. Like that's what they create. That's who they are. Whatever, and that's okay. Um, I'm telling this. This is partly for me too, and something I struggle with because I'm always like, I want to be original, and everyone thinks this. I assume, right? And if you're listening to this, then you're probably, if you're going to continue listening to this episode, then you're probably thinking that too. Um, and the problem is that everyone wants to be original, but nobody is right. So you can create an original idea. I'm putting air quotes into original, but honestly, that idea is built probably on lots of other ideas. When I say probably, it just is like, I don't know why I said probably, but it's built on lots of other ideas. So for example, the iPad was built or was launched by Apple in 2010, but it was built on, it seemed really original at the time, right? Like everyone's like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's like a little mini computer, whatever, but it wasn't original, right? Like it was an original uh, product that hadn't been built in that form. There were other variations from other companies. And of course, Steve Jobs and Apple's had other variations demoing before that model launch. But then additionally, beyond that, it was built on like computers already existed like they want people wanted something portable. So it was built on like calculators and like other handheld things like iPods before that and so many other things. And of course, in order to make the iPad work, they had to have certain chips and microchips and knowledge that was built from that. And then those microprocessors were built from other ideas and you had to have, for example, electricity run it. And then I did some research for this. So I'm going to like rattle off some names real quick, but you've got some guy named Michael Faraday who invited or invented an electric motor in 1821. And of course, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla doing the work in 1800s to do electricity work and inventing light bulbs and things like that. And then of course, before that was Benjamin Franklin. He discovered electric electricity of course discovered isn't really a thing he just kind of like realized I think that it could be harnessed obviously electricity already been happening it was just oh my gosh I can harness this anyways boring electricity lesson aside the idea that Steve Jobs and everyone else at Apple wasn't that original they were just mashing together other ideas and things that came before them to create something new in terms of the product and the way they presented it like what Apple was is still I don't know if it's it's kind of gotten a little annoying after like Steve Jobs died with like the dongles and stuff like that. And they're not as great as they were, but they're still like kind of ruler of the tech industry is that they're the way that they present things is very creative and streamlined and stuff like that. So like the stuff isn't new, like I'm using a MacBook right now. This isn't original, like there's thousands of other different computers I could have gotten. Like it's just the way that they present themselves and like their flair on it. Right. And so I'm going to go real down quick. The Edison, I'm just going to give lots of examples just because I feel like we think that people are really creative and inventive and they were, but it wasn't as inventive if you think about it and you break it down. So like even Edison, for example, who like feel like every American kid real, like was taught, like he's an original person and he made all these thousands of inventions and he was just a genius, whatever. And he was right. But even Edison wasn't like, I'm going to create something new when he decided to do the light bulb. It wasn't just out of nowhere. He had a random, completely random idea that nobody had ever heard of or wasn't like built on anything. He was like, nah, we have this problem of it's dark at night and candles are expensive and suck. Like I want the daylight at night. How do I solve this problem? And like, there were people already working on this problem. Like this wasn't he was just presenting it and like he was just trying to solve it. And so then he used all this previous knowledge and research and tools and other people before him and his peers like Tesla and not like the car. It was the car was named after Nikola Tesla after because he worked on electricity by Elon Musk and like kind of honor because he doesn't get as much uh, celebration as Edison per se. Um, anyways, he failed thousands of times before the light bulb happened. And this is not a story about perseverance and how you can put your mind to do anything. It's literally just like Edison's cool and all, but like he wasn't just making stuff up. He was trying to solve problems based on other 
things like other solutions and just trying to put those solutions to that problem. I'm rambling here, but the point is even a famous inventor is not that original. Like he didn't invent anything that wasn't based on previous things. It wasn't new. He just created new versions of old solutions. So point of that is like, if you listen to music, you watch a show, movie, you look at art, pretty much literally anything buildings. Like I'm looking around at my desk, like there's like, um, a little headphone thing. There's speakers. I have cards, whatever. It's all hundreds and thousands of influences that are combined. Like I'll give, I just keep giving examples. Cause I think it's, I, I just think it's interesting, but like even the, you know, director Quentin Tarantino who's hailed as like super creative and interesting, like directly places references from his favorite movies into his movies. Like, and he says that too. He wants to pay homage to those who have shaped his style and, and thoughts. Like it's not a hidden thing. He just does his movies and then presents them in a different way. So it seems original and it is to a point, right? Cause nobody else has matched those references and put that unique twist on things. But like, would you call it a deviation and inspiration from previous works original? Like, I guess so maybe, or I'm just going to rattle it off. Cause as I was like writing my notes, I remember this really cool scene and it like directly hits on the point that I, I guess I'm trying to make is like if you've seen The Devil Wears Prada, which is a great movie I highly recommend, if you did see it and remember that scene where Meryl Streep's character, Miranda Priestly, pretty much demolishes Anne Hathaway's character, Andy, um, where Anne Hathaway thinks that she's rebelling against the fashion industry in her like frumpy blue sweater and thinks she's better than these vain magazine people who, you know, because she doesn't care about stuff. She takes herself too seriously. And Meryl Streep goes into her about how her frumpy sweater is cerulean. It's like a colored shade of blue. Anyways, that color is a washed down version in variation of this one sweater, which was a collection in like this famous designer. And then it was like kind of used in another designer's collection. And then like the years trickled down and then it ended up in department stores and blah, 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 blah. And literally it's just how she's not special. And it's all derivative and inspired by what Meryl Streep's character is doing, which Andy was making fun of in that very scene that Andy doesn't value. And you can see on Andy and Hathaway's characters is that she's realizing that she's not as special in rage against the machine as she thought. And her face is just super dejected because she realized how naive and ignorant she was actually at, like how ignorant she was. Anyways, the scene is great. I linked it in the show notes. It was on YouTube. I watched it before I like recorded this. I was like, this is such a good scene. But I just thought that was really interesting to think about if you like break it down like the way she did it in that scene it was just so broken down and direct that like you're not original you're not special like you know like everything you're wearing the perfume you're smelling like the pen you're using the cup you're drinking from the art you're looking at the movies you're watching all of this is not original none of this is original it's all built on other things especially a lot lately where they're just kind of rebooting shows, for example, like it's all just like rebooting shows or like maybe the characters that from your favorite show 20 years ago now have kids. And so the original characters just kind of pop in every now and then. And so you get like the mom and dad because they want to see it because the original characters and the kids are watching because it's a new thing, but it's literally the same show. It's the same show. But instead of like they have cell phones now instead of like landlines, you know, it's the same thing. I have a few quotes that I found on the interwebs from kind of famous people, musicians, artists, whatever, that kind of, they directly say that they do this. So one of them is art is theft and that's Pablo Picasso, the great painter. Right. And then David Bowie said, the only art I'll ever study is stuff that I can steal from Louis Armstrong, uh, said my hobby 
is using a lot of scotch tape. My hobby is to pick out different things during what I read and piece them together and make a little story of my own. And then I liked another one from Mark Twain. I think we kind of all know Mark. I think we know everyone that I'm quoting theoretically, maybe. Um, Mark Twain is like the great author. Anyways, he literally said all ideas are secondhand, consciously and unconsciously drawn from million outside sources. And basically, I'm going to condense it down so it's not as long. But basically, he's saying that the person who takes them is basically prideful and super satisfied with themselves because they think they originated them. But there's no originality except, like he said, the little discoloration they get from his mental and moral caliber and his temperament, which is revealed in characteristics of phrasing. So basically, like you take everything from something else because you create this mishmash of things. The only thing different is the way that you're presenting them or like like this podcast information that I'm doing right now, like this isn't new stuff. Like I'm just presenting it in a way that I like that I think other people could find value in, but none of the stuff that I'm saying is new. Um, anyways, quotes in from dead men aside, and which I realized after I'd like had a, like a lot of dead men, I'm putting it in the show notes too, in case you wanted to see it. All of this will be in show notes, by the way, which will be on the website, bareminimumbabe.com. But that aside and my stories aside for like daily use and just kind of how this is relevant to you as just a regular person who's not trying to be maybe even like a Mark Twain, whatever is I literally never start from a blank slate when possible. Like even the logo for bare minimum babe, like I use a software, I guess it's software. I don't know. SAS is, is I use this program called Canva, canva.com. It's a free, they have like paid tiers, but I'm not trying to sell Canva right now. I use it for everything. I use it even when I was doing marketing. Cause it was just like super easy. Um, anyways, I went to Canva, which is kind of a, graphic design software and they have lots and lots and lots of templates and they give you like pre-made um, fonts that go well together and graphics, blah, blah, blah. I went to Canva and I literally just typed in logos. And of course there's going to be lots of options that I don't like that didn't have any relevance to me or what the vibe or whatever. So what I did is I like clicked out, opened a new tab and opened a new tab to like, I don't know, 10 of them that I liked. And I thought of the vibe that I wanted for the show and doing that, I kind of piece stuff together. So I started out basically just having one of the pre-made logos, realizing that that wasn't really what I wanted. So I threw some other stuff in there. And then I realized that I liked one thing together. And then I put a different thing. Blah, blah. Long story short is I started with, I, I did not start with a blank slate. I started with like two, three, let's call it three logos that I liked. I mainly leaned on one logo that was already pre-made in the template. And then based on that, what I liked and what the vibe was and kind of the fonts and the coloring, whatever, I put together a logo that there is no other logo like this. It's my logo, but it was based on other things before it because obviously I was looking at other things before it to inspire me to get that kind of vibe. And the same thing can be said for literally anything, you know, like for example, when I used to do marketing, right? It was, I figured out how to do, you do this literally in marketing. You kind of pick the best things that you like from other marketers and you're like, oh, how could we apply this to us? And then you put your own spin on it, right? But I was also a history major. And what we literally learn is just do a bunch of research, like lots and lots of time in libraries, reading and all the things and compile all the, basically the quotes and like the information you like, mark where everything you got, compile all these things that you like or are true. They should be theoretically all true <laughs> from other successful sources uh, and mishmash them together to form your own thesis. And in the case with my logo is mish all this together to create a logo design. And like, it's just, I didn't realize that until I was making the notes for this episode is like, even my history degree was like, 
taught me how to do this, which then became helpful for marketing when I was doing my marketing job is because I never started from scratch. When I had to do like a template for something, when I had to, I got assigned to, you know, do like a case study for one of our clients. Literally the first thing I did was look at other companies in our industry that had case studies. How were they formatting their case studies? What were they putting in the case studies? What facts? And then I was like Googling like case study templates and like, I didn't, I didn't start from scratch and I obviously didn't just straight take one template and use it. I created what I like, put our branding on it, like use our fonts and it looked totally different, quote unquote, totally different. It was still just a case study because there's formulas for a lot of things, right? So even like the history degree, I was taught how to do this. It then translated to marketing, which now translates into everything else I do. And even if you're not directly taught how to do this, like you still do it unconsciously, which is, I don't know if you've, if, if anyone's ever heard of the book, um, steal like an artist, if you read it, you know, it's worth a read, but if you haven't definitely read it, it's, it's mainly directed at creatives, but I like, I say creatives, it's artists, writers, literally those types of careers. But I think it's relevant to everything because even like I said, marketing, like you don't have to come up with original logo idea. It teaches you that it's okay to take from other people. So anyways, in that book, it's, they say the same thing of like, you never start from scratch and you make something original. You're always building off of something, even subconsciously, like with my example with Beyonce, for example, she didn't just, she wasn't just born in heels and sparkles and like raw, raw female energy, right? Like she was building off of like her icons, like Tina Turner and Tony Braxton. And she was like listening to Aretha Franklin and Etta James and like, you know, Janet Jackson, like she wasn't just made out of nowhere. Like she was a, she's a Frankenstein of all those ideas. Now she's Beyonce, you know? And like, that's great. She's her own thing, but like, she didn't come from nowhere. Anyways, it's not, so the issue isn't copying the issue is the citing and giving credit and reference to what the people, whatever that you're kind of copying from, right? So in the history degree that I was taught, as I was reading it, I and marking these quotes and ideas and stuff like that, I was always marking down which author wrote it, which book, which page, what year. So I could go, like, if someone saw this, I would have a a footnote in my final paper that says footnote, like, let's call it 27. There's like a little tiny, small 27 at the end of a sentence at the, at either at the footnote or on the back of the paper, whatever, it would say the exact author, the exact book, the year it was written, the page it was on. So you could go to the library get that exact book and see the exact thing that I'm referencing. Even if it was paraphrasing, you still had to do it. If it was directly enough of that idea from that book, you had to, had to give credit to that. Like you couldn't just claim it as your own. So the issue isn't taking from others. It's not giving them the credit where credits do. And this is why I tried it my best to share where I get my information. But, and I think this is part of the issue too, that sometimes it's sometimes because it's such a mixture of so many sources that you maybe honestly forget. And you're like, I think it was this podcast or maybe it was this book or I think my friend and you don't know, but like you have to at least try to give credit, like be like, I, this wasn't my idea. I think it was from this, but how I apply this to this is this way. And that was a lot of vague general in this, but it's just general. So For example, everyone was super hype about this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And while it's a great book, his information isn't new at all. He says that in like the first chapter, how none of this is original or even many times his research. He's just presenting it in a new way that resonates with people right now when he's writing it. And he's condensing all the stuff down 
and directing his 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 copy when i say copy i mean like what he's writing it's marketing talk um to speak directly to habit forming or breaking habits whatever right and to his credit he credits everyone where he's taking information at least hopefully right but he's really good about putting the little asterisks and saying i got this research from so and so if you want to learn more check this out blah 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 and he's pretty good about it so and it has like thousands and thousands of like five star reviews on Amazon. And it was like top of like the book selling charts. And I'm not saying it's not a great book, but like while I'm reading this, I'm like, huh, that's another cool trick. But a lot of this wasn't new. I didn't know. Like, so I'm not getting as much value as I th- was hoping to get or that others might have gotten just simply because I did digest and consume so much of that productivity and self-help stuff on a daily basis and probably too much. I probably should read more for fun, which is what I'm trying to do now. I'm like reading a fiction book, which I haven't done in forever. And I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. But anyways, back to my point is I already know most of the stuff he's talking about because I've already read essentially the same thing in 20 different books or heard it on like 50 different podcasts in a different way, in like a different style or like a different like format or like maybe there's more cursing and they like put it more bluntly or there's less you know like whatever he's just kind of writing it with his style and perspective and reframing some things so while I would recommend the book for example I wouldn't say right now that I've learned anything new because it's not necessarily meant to be new even stories that seem super original like Harry Potter or the Lord of the Rings they're not it's all just retelling of essentially the hero's journey, which is like, there's a main character. It seems to be usually like a white dude, like a white boy in most stories that you're like thinking of, but it's a hero's journey where there's a, there's usually like a little boy who has, or a man, whatever. There's a problem. Like his, he's living his life. There's suddenly a problem. There has to be some type of adventure to solve said problem. And there's some trials and tribulations he comes back or maybe he doesn't Lord of the Rings style, but like somebody does and they take the pieces that they've learned from those trials and tribulations and bring it to their new life. And that's kind of like the finishing arc where they then teach it to other people. And so that's literally every story. Like it's all just retellings of that. Like the ancient long poem Beowulf from like, I think it's like 700 to a thousand AD, whenever it was, or the Odyssey in eighth century BC. It's literally the same story. It's just new characters, variations of the same problem with new technology. Like the Odyssey isn't going to have like cell phones the same way another story would, right? They would just be different variations. So basically you just need to put your own spin on stuff, regardless of whether you do what you do, whether that's, you know, making a sales report for, for work or creating a new piece of music or like starting a new watercolor, like you never start from scratch. And I don't mean that just subconsciously, like you never start from scratch. It means like if you're starting to do something like how I did with the logo or like when I was doing a, like when I referenced the case study, for example, Google some sales report or whatever, you know, search browser you use, Google some sales report templates, gather a bunch of references. You want your song to blend in. If you want this, you know, your song to be on a playlist with these songs, as much as you want to be new and different, you're just not. And I have to tell myself this too, like, Amanda, you're not special because if everyone is special, then nobody is special. That's just fact. And I say that to my daughter sometimes. And my husband kind of was like chastising me. He's like, I don't know if that's appropriate to say. I'm just like, I'm just letting her know that she's not the only person in this universe that feels this way. Because if everyone's special, if every mom tells their kid they're special, nobody is special. You're special to me. I think you're special and I love you more than any other kid in this world, right? But you're going through the same problems that I went through as a child and that, you know, my mom went through and then her mom went through or like her dad, whatever. Right. Like we're all just doing the same problems, same journey, just different eras and like different characters. So my point is, instead of denying this and fighting against it, 
be proactive with it, you know, search up your references more intensely, grab their color schemes, their words, their whatever, and mish, mash all these things and their, their work and these people in, together and put your own little something on it. And then you have something quote unquote new, you know, like another quick example, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but when I'm stuck, for example, writing a song, and I keep making it sound one way, not really thinking about it too, too much, but I really want it to flow more in one direction. I will be like, all right, screw this. I go directly to Spotify and look up the artists that I'm loving and trying to kind of hone into in the song and listen to like two of their songs to get my mind in that space to kind of have that flow and that cadence or that imagery or whatever I'm trying to like build off of to do that. And then what I come up with doesn't sound like them because I sound different and I write different, right? Like I love Ariana Grande. I think she's an amazing singer. I like her music, whatever. And she's kind of gone through an evolution of like super bubblegummy pop to like R&B and I don't know. Anyways, but I can never sound just like her, right? Her, her voice is very high and breathy and whatever. And her music is what her music is because of her influences. But I can never sound her because I grew up listening to and singing along to people like Celine Dion, Dixie Chicks, Shania Twain, Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, Paramore, other random mixes that Ariana might not have. And her producers, the people who make her music, listen to different people other than Ariana, possibly, and people that I didn't listen to, which influences the instruments and effects that they put on her vocal. And like, maybe they put a bass here where I wouldn't have thought to put a bass there because I've never heard of that person who, the person that they're thinking of that would have put the bass there. So literally everyone is just a mix up of their influences and those influences will never be the same as somebody else. My influences are different from yours versus another person, et cetera. Right. And so when you have that and you kind of mush them together, you have something new. Like I copy from my friends all the time and I tell them I do it. Like I started a Patreon and my friend already had a Patreon and I loved how hers were totally different brands or whatever. Right. She's, we're very different. But obviously we're friends. It's the same friend that I meet with every uh, Monday that I mentioned before in other podcasts, but other episodes. Um, anyways, I copy from her all the time because like, for example, with the Patreon, I really liked her phrasings with things, but then, or what she was saying, right? But because we're different people, I wouldn't have phrased things maybe the way that she phrased it. So I took what she was saying because I didn't think to say that on my own and I rephrased it in my voice to sound like me. And of course I told her what I was doing. And then like, she was like, Oh yeah, totally take it works for me. Cause she knows it's not really a competition or a different thing. And like, even if like you give me five bucks, you can still give her five bucks. We're different people. Like you can support everybody. Right. But competition aside is like when she was doing something too. And I, you know, I, I took her page, some of the Patreon stuff and I obviously took from other people too. Like I have, I made like a giant Google document of like references and links and stuff, but my OCD, like and over researching aside, is that even when I launched it and I like when my friend signed up for it to like support me, right. She got a thank you, um, email and she was like, Oh my gosh, you're thinking and like, she, she was like, Oh, I didn't think to do that to try to upsell. And then she literally took that too. And I was like, yeah, girl, go for it. I literally took like 50% of your stuff. So she did the same thing and I, I, nobody cares. Like neither of us cared. Right. Because we're just building off of each other and we're both trying to succeed. So like, why, why not share if it works, it works, you know, like if it doesn't work, don't take it. But you know, take it and learn from it. So anyways, I hope this episode was helpful for you in some way. Um, and that you'll share it with a friend or somebody that you think could use it. Um, I just, long story short, I think just kind of get over yourself. And I say this to my two, this, it, it isn't like I say this myself all the time, Amanda, get over yourself. This is, there are worse problems right now in the world than you not being able to do, you know, come up with like a baseline for a song. There are literally way worse problems. And you can go to somebody else's song and see what they're doing and figure out a solution. So 
get over yourself. Basically, you're not an original and you don't need to be, you know, you can learn so much from other people. And I don't mean just like, again, subconsciously, I just mean like you can ask them like my friend that I took her. So I was like, Hey, can I take this? Yeah, sure. Most people don't care. If anything, it's kind of flattering. You know, if you give credit, if you just take someone's stuff, like, nah, that's messed up. You need to like, you know, I heard of somebody like doing it as like a, I thought it was funny. It was like she, when she, I think it was on the holisticism podcast, um, the 12th house. She said that if she sees someone's directly stealing her work, she'll send them invoices to be like, pay me for my work, which I guess seems kind of petty, but it's kind of funny. It sends the message and you're like, oh yeah, crap. I either need to credit or, you know, give credit or give her payment for the work that she did. Right. So anyways, just, just own it and use that to your advantage, you know, be proactive with it. Do the stuff I said, like if you have a thing, if you have like a, something you have to create, look up other examples of what you're trying to do. And you know, the first three might not be what you're going to do, but I'm sure like you can form some type of thing of your own to make it like what you would want. Um, so anyways, like I said, I hope this was helpful. And if you find it helpful, please like, and subscribe because podcast blogs tell me that it will help boost the algorithm and know that I'm not just wasting your time when I talk and that you get value in my episodes. If you like, and subscribe and share with people. And as always, uh, I am Amanda Cunningham and I'm the host and any feedback, questions, thoughts on future episodes, blah, 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 are welcome at bareminimumbabe at gmail.com. You can also follow us on bareminimumbabe on Instagram and you can get show notes with a bunch of other stuff. I mentioned this episode and I'll link like kind of the stuff I talked about, like the books that I'm, that I mentioned and kind of other resources. And then I'm also trying out listing things that I'm like into at the moment, like uh, like the books I'm reading or music I'm listening to and podcasts that I'm listening to things like that. In case you're interested. Um, I'm trying to think, and I think that's, and I have an email. <laughs> I'm trying to think I was, I'm working on an email list right now. Um, I put a subscribe form on the website again, bareminimumbabe.com. There's a subscribe form. And if you subscribe, I, I'm going to send, um, I'm thinking weekly emails is what I'm thinking the podcast will be is what I'm trying to do is a weekly email to let you know that a new episode is out. And then also I'll give the show notes, like I'll link to the show notes and stuff like that. But I'll also give like little bonuses every now and then like workbooks and things like that, that non email subscribers won't get access to versus just the show notes on like the website and stuff like that. So if you want cool little extra stuff, you can subscribe. And that is on the website at bareminimumbabe.com. And I think that is it. I'm going to end on hope you have a good day. And I talk really fast, which is <laughs> I don't really stop during the 30 minutes or whatever that I'm recording. And I tend to talk fast, which is fine in conversations because then they'll talk and then I'll get a break. But like at the end of each podcast I've recorded, I'm like, oh, Jesus, Amanda, take a break. Um, so this is a reminder for you and for me as well to just breathe drop your shoulders and just remember how can you make your life any easier and what I'm thinking with this podcast is I can maybe pause <laughs> to not be out of breath or maybe slow my speaking down a little bit so I'm not speaking like a crack addict um but for reference I do normally speak this fast which is only a problem when I'm recording in one long stream because I don't have enough air in my lungs to sustain it so anyways I'm gonna shut up Thank you so much for letting me in your ear holes and I will talk to you later.